0: Welcome to the Yahweh Podcast, everyone. I'm Jacob Zolzl, joined here with Nathan Woodall, and we have Adam Weber on this week as our
1: guest. Absolutely, yeah. So for episode 11, this is going to be part one of a two-part interview with Adam. Um, And if you don't know Adam, here's a little bit about him. Adam is the founder and the lead pastor of Embrace Church, which is a multi-site church based out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, right here. He's also the author of Talking With God and Love Has a Name, And he also hosts a podcast called The Conversation. He has a wife, Becky, and four kids. He also has seven chickens, two dogs, three fish. But it says here what he really wants is a sheep. So we're just super (laughs) excited for you guys to hear this conversation, no pun intended, with with Adam Weber. Um, He had some awesome encouragement from there. Um, So let's jump right into part one of our interview with Adam Weber. Let's get it. All right, welcome Adam Weber. Thanks for joining us on the Yahweh Podcast.
2: Uh, it's a huge honor to sit down with the both of you. I'm grateful for the invitation and just excited about the conversation overall.
1: I, I hear a little little conversation is that are you familiar with conversations before
2: or do you host a podcast or anything like that? I might have a podcast called the conversation <laughs> yeah i have i have uh I have very few gifts uh one of those gifts that I do have again they're very limited is the gift of gab uh Becky always G- tells me gab. my wife always tells me you can talk to anybody. And I'm always curious. Someone's got a story and um, I always I always joke and, and it's true. I have something to learn from everybody and so it's yeah. I, I just enjoy conversations in general. Yeah.
1: Well I have a feeling we're That's gonna learn cool. we're gonna learn some stuff from you today. Um so for a little background, we actually ask this same question that I'm about to ask you Oof. to all of our guests. And usually we ask it on the tail end of the interview, but we're actually gonna gonna lead with this. Here we go. So buckle up. It is what advice would you give yourself? right after graduating high school. So if you can go back and talk to Adam a number of years ago, um, right after you graduated high school, like what would be your advice now?
2: Uh, My advice to myself? Yep. Mm -hmm. My advice would be anything is possible. Anything is possible. We have a God who is able to do impossible things. And and so uh, you can set your plan, but let me just tell you, buddy, it's going to be so much better. And the more you trust him, the more you rely on him. Um, it's just, it's infinite what God is able to do. I, I think I would say that. And then I would say, enjoy the ride, uh, celebrate victories instead of always, uh, I'm, I'm not good at celebrating things because I'm so driven. So I'm always running to the next and uh, stop and celebrate, stop and celebrate. Um, a, a third piece of advice, if I can say three things, yeah, yeah. Uh, start going to counseling now. Go to see a counselor. Process brokenness in your life. Otherwise, it will catch up with you at some point. And so, um, go to a counselor. Uh, and if you if you feel like you don't need one, those are the times that you need it the most.
1: That's so good. Yeah, I think that leads us kind of into our next section of just kind of kind of run us through your story. How did you get to be where you're at today? <laughs> uh,
2: my story is God using the most unlikely of person myself. So I'm originally from Northeast South Dakota, grew up. Uh, I'm one of four siblings. My parents have been married for years and years and years there. Uh, I look up to them in so many different ways, but born into a family. We a church weekly. Uh, I attended a Lutheran church. All my extended family is Catholic. And my earliest childhood memories are me not liking church. Mm. Um, legitimately, my earliest memories are me sitting in church, counting the lights on the ceiling of the sanctuary, going to the bathroom with my dad because he was warning me that I was going to get a spanking when we get home because I, I couldn't stop talking. I mean, the, my earl, I, I, me mocking the pastor as we let read liturgy. I can just remember thinking as a young kid, if God is amazing and he is awesome, Why are we bored out of our minds? Why does nobody talk about this so-called amazing God outside of this one hour on Sunday, because I knew that when something amazing was in my life, I couldn't stop talking about it and it impacted every part about me. I love old cars. Anytime I see an old car, I mean, it genuinely impacts me. When I see a cute girl, I, I can remember, but pre pre marriage, <laughs> I would see a cute gal and I, I mean, I couldn't talk straight around her cause she was so cute. And I just used to think if there's a God and he's amazing, he change everything. And uh, as I looked around, it didn't seem like he had changed anything. Mm-hmm. And so that my, that's my earliest memory. So, um, ended up moving towns. My parents got in a car accident, uh, had to sell their electrical business that they had done. We bought a hardware store in Clark, South Dakota, got confirmed the most, I'd, uh, the, the day I got confirmed, I told my parents it was the most I'd ever lied into so many people at one time. Cause oh, I had wow. said, I believed in Jesus and I absolutely did not believe in Jesus. And from there, my parents really set aside all their personal preferences when it came to church uh, and what they wanted in a church to find a place that would connect with me. So my sophomore year of high school, we checked out a church called ninth Avenue Methodist in Watertown. And the very first Sunday there, um, for the first time, instead of the words going over my head, they began to drill me in the heart. Mm. After services, I met, uh, some of the Watertown girls in that church and they uh, began to try to invite me to youth group. I told them no for a time. Finally, I could not resist, uh, their good looks and invitations. And so I said, yes, (laughs) And, uh, at youth group, I felt God's presence for the very first time. I didn't want to, I wasn't looking for a spiritual experience other than maybe kissing a girl. Um, (laughs) and yet, um, God just began to, I could not deny that something, uh, was happening inside my life. Uh, years later, I'd actually find out the day that I gave my life to Christ was July 13th, 1999. So we're coming up on that date again. Uh It'll be my 22nd year of following Jesus. And, um, God just radically changed my life. And, you know, my friends in high school, they knew where I was at with God. I didn't want anything to do with it. I talked Mm -hmm. openly about once I got to college, God would never be a part of my life again. And so for me to begin to be changed, like close friends are like, what is going on with you? Uh, you know, I'd never heard about a relationship with Jesus ever. I don't know if even any of my classmates had ever heard about a relationship with Jesus. And so God changed my life. Uh, I went to Augie in town here. I was looking at either Augie or Bethel. Uh, Augie probably won't like this for an advertisement, but uh, I went to Augie single-handedly because I thought, there was people like me who had maybe never heard about a relationship with Jesus. And so instead Mm -hmm. of going someplace that I felt like I would fit, I actually went to a place that I thought would be a mission field. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Augie for business and marketing. I I love marketing even to this day. I just love the look, the feel, the brand of things is just, um, I think there's beauty in it. I think Mm -hmm. I'm drawn to the creativity of God actually is what draws me to, to Mm -hmm. marketing. So I thought I'd, I'd start a company and, um, outside, outside of college and just do things differently, whether it's generosity, you know, giving away a portion of a company's profit or doing service somehow in and through a business. But the summer before my senior year of college, I filled in for a pastor up in Wahpeton, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And within the first week, it was a small traditional Methodist church within the first week. I knew it was what I was supposed to do with the rest of my life. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, there was three ladies I met early on that had all, uh, they had, all three had terminal cancer And when you have terminal cancer, all the fluff leaves your conversations. I mean, you just really speak from the heart. You say what you mean, you mean what you say. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always been a person who doesn't like fluff conversations. I really want to know how you're doing. Like, how are you really doing, man? I'm struggling. Okay. Tell me about that, man. I'm broken. Gosh, I've been broken before. Gosh, life is good. Tell me what's awesome, you know? And so it's just such an honor to sit with these three women that were three times my age, and be able to pray with them. And then on Sundays to talk about the greatest joy of my life, Jesus wow. was just awesome. So came back, finished uh, college, ended up marrying the pastor's daughter that I filled in for. That's a long story. That's long <laughs> yeah. story, so I won't even go to that. Went to school out in Asbury, just outside of Lexington, Kentucky, of a town called Wilmore and um if did my mdiv there my masters of divinity uh the year uh going into my last year there uh, the pastor at the church who led me to christ roger uh, said we have an idea for a church in Sioux Falls. What do you think? And I said, I think it's a bad idea. Sioux Falls has enough churches. And who would be the pastor? And as nicely as he could say, he didn't say this, but he meant to say this was That's why I'm talking to you, you idiot, you know? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, Roger, I'm not interested. We've discovered that uh, you don't have to live in the frozen tundra. And uh, spring and fall in Kentucky are just gorgeous. They last forever instead of a mm. day like they do here." So I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. we're not interested." Well, again, I feel like the story of my life is me saying no to something and God saying yes for me. And so ended up um, starting the the church uh, against my will the first night. We had 32 people. That was September 4th, 2006. We're coming up on 15 years. And so we moved back that next year uh, and went to weekly services. The first three years, we were almost closed as a church because we weren't growing. And then in one morning, um, we moved into a new building right by USF's football field. And in one morning we over doubled in size. And then for about nine, 10 years straight, we had just insane growth, Mm. uh, just insane growth. Um, a few years ago, went through our really first hard season after growth, learned a ton through that. And so, um, still doing that, wrote some books, didn't want to write a book, uh, (laughs) have four kids. Wasn't even really sure I wanted to have a kid. And so, uh, so I got four kids, been married for 16 years, coming up on 17 years. And, um, that's just a little bit of my story. I like old things too. So anything old, if you got a collection of anything old, uh, I would be curious to know more about that. So <laughs> drop me a tweet and I'll come hang out with you and your old collection. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's great.
0: That you said was after graduating high school, you wanted to go to Aggie as a mission field. So obviously, evangelism is passionate. You're passionate about it. Huge about it. So, question I have is: so, in our culture, in our age demographic, young adult, like, what advice would you give for evangelism?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I'm going to give you the answer to stealing from Paul out of the out of the book of Acts. I think the, the most powerful way is just to share a part of your story. Uh, that And that was true throughout the book of Acts. It was true at, while I was at Augie. I, I look back, you know, I never really shared the four spiritual laws, that, like something like crusade, which is awesome. My wife came to Christ through crusade. I just really shared my story, you know, just what God had done inside of me or what God was doing in me. And so I think when someone just asked, you know, where are you, where are you from? Like, what where, what are you going to school for? I I think all the time we can just in all integrity include God in that, you know, like, well, you know, I'm really trying to figure out what God's plan is for my life, and Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm trying to figure out this, trying to figure out that, really feel like I'm maybe being led to do this or uh, whatever it might be. So I think if we just share a part of our story all throughout Acts, Paul constantly shares his story about what God has done, whether it's one person or it's a group of people. He just is open to sharing a story. So I, I think so often just to share it, not in a cheesy, weird way or in a kind of greasy sales pitch, mm-hmm. pitch way, but I think just to share our story. And also uh, when someone's sharing about something to say, gosh, I'd, I'd, I'd be grateful to pray for you. And, you know, maybe you pray in the moment, but more than that, when you go home, you you darn sure pray for the person, you know, we throw that around a lot. I'm going to pray for you. And then we never do. Mm. And then we wonder why God doesn't move. And so it's like uh, one of the things I try to choose, this is actually something I write down my prayer request in right here, this little booklet. Once I tell someone I'm going to pray for him, I try to take a moment right then and there or afterwards to pray for him. And then I think more than that, um, looking for ways to serve the person looking for ways to bless the person, looking for ways to honor the person. Uh, a challenge, we're, us Christians, oftentimes we're really, really good with our words, but we're borderline terrible with our lives. Yeah. And so uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then we flake out and we don't mm. show up. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Then we're the lo- lo- like lazy staff person. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Then we're the person who cuts corners at practice on the team and whatever else. And it's like, no, don't tell me about Jesus, dude. Mm. Like, Jesus, your, your version of Jesus isn't something that I want. But if we begin to live with, man, I can't. I don't know what it is about Jacob, but he's the kindest person. Mm. He's quick to forgive. Man, I've seen him have opportunities to gossip, and he never does. Gosh, he showed up when no one else showed up in my life. When I screwed up and I knew other people were talking behind my back, he got closer to me. And then every so often he talks about Jesus. Man, you want to change the world, you start doing that. People will be mm-hmm. drawn to the Jesus inside of you instead of talking and talking and talking and you know, all our Christian fish and we're the intense person that sings worship songs while again living a life that looks nothing like Jesus. Mm, um, yeah. that's where I think we miss the boat. So I think if our life our lives look anything like Christ and they're imperfect. Gosh, I feel like I fail so often. But if our lives begin to look anything like Jesus, we we won't have to even think about when we can share about Jesus because people begin asking us. One of the greatest honors uh, for me, I can remember even at college, uh, I'd have somebody that I worked with. I used to work the ice rinks because they paid well over by Campus Park and the skate parks in Sioux oh, Falls. Yeah. And I had so many coworkers who would ask me, they would say, hey, Weber, there's something different about you. Like, what is that? And. I was like, oh, gosh, I'm a work in progress. Like, I have nothing figured out. No, seriously. Like, what's different about you? Like, you're just different. Mm. Oh, man, if there's anything that's different, it's, it's, uh, it's Jesus. And, you know, I, I'm the last guy I ever thought they'd follow Jesus. You know, like, I, I grew up not wanting anything to do, but Jesus has changed my life. I look back. It's amazing. When I first started Embrace, I, I, I always was like, who's going to come to this thing? It was all these people that you would never peg as Christians. Like You would never say, like, if I started a church, here's all the people who would show up. It was the last group of people I thought would show up that came Mm -hmm. when I started Embrace. It was all these people that, Lord willing, they had seen something different in my life, and they were just drawn to it. And so I think Mm -hmm. evangelism, gosh, if our lives look like Jesus, when we begin to speak, even before we speak, people will be asking us. That's awesome. That's
0: so good. That's, uh, Yeah. That's one thing we talked about in our, uh, we've been doing a series on practical faith. That's one Uh, thing we've talked about It's just being different.
1: mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Being different than the culture, being different than society.
1: Yeah. just bring it into just regular practice and just making it normal to, to be in constant like prayer or just like being more like Jesus just on a regular basis. Like, I feel like that's like one of the hardest parts about, about being a Christian is just like that consistency too. Um, especially with something that, that like I've struggled with a lot, especially being in college of just like being consistent, especially when there's all these other things that are trying to pull away your time. Um, so that's really powerful just to, to have that encouragement there.
2: Yeah. Sometimes it's the most, it's the most basic things of our yes being our yes and our no yeah. being a no mm-hmm. and, um, just how we treat people. And I think there are certain moments when someone makes a mistake or really screws up, that's a, such an opportunity to be Christ. And I think if we just had that mentality of, man, who is everybody gossiping about right now? Is there, is there a way that I could bless that person? Like, who is everybody walking away from right now? Is there a way that I can get closer to them? Because, uh, when you're, when you show up in those moments and you're, you're close to them in those moments, it's something they'll never forget. And you automatically gain access to them and street cred to them. They'll listen to anything that you say after that. I mean, they'll be like, Oh, like okay, I give you full mm-hmm. access into my life to share whatever you'd like to. And so I've, I've just seen God honor that in so many ways. Even re- recently, there's a, a neighbor of mine that I've been trying to care for their family for two and a half years. I've been looking for ways to serve them, show kindness to them. Uh, well, the, one of the family members made a really bad uh, mistake. Um, even legally is going to face some huge consequences They've never reached out to me. I've always reached out to them immediately right after he reached out and just said, Hey, pastor, I'm wondering if we can talk. I need someone to pray for me. I'm like, you've never mentioned God, prayer, spirituality, anything. It's two and a half years. And when he hit rock bottom, I told him, this is one of the greatest honors that you would think. About reaching out to me in this moment, I, I consider it a huge honor that you would, and and I can, I'm consistently connecting with him even today. I'm I'm just looking for ways. I was just praying for him earlier today, and just that God would use this low point in his life to bring him to to himself.
0: Well, that was fun.
1: Yeah, I mean. You guys will have to come back in a couple of weeks for part 2 of our interview but um Adam Adam's awesome. He he's super passionate about what he does. Um and you can you guys can definitely see that just from his story to hearing of of how like he was so like he was involved in the church but he wasn't like into church. I feel like that that really kind of struck a chord with me especially like just relating so well to that. Yeah, I wish you guys could see his is
0: animation the way he talks like mm-hmm. he gets so into it and he's like using his whole body to oh, talk yeah. about these things it's yeah. so you, fun you
1: can tell that he's he's definitely passionate about about what he's saying um and if you guys have ever seen him preach on sunday too like he he's moving around he's he's getting into it like and he's just uh yeah he, he he's an awesome guy and he's he's a great great pastor to to me especially since since i attend embrace church as well um so yeah Make sure to be on the lookout for episode two of that that interview with Adam, um, which will come out in two weeks. Um, they'll have some more encouragement in there, some good tidbits. Believe me, episode or part two is just as good as part one. So you want to stick around for yes. that one as well. Um, yes. But but in the meantime, make sure you guys are following us on social media at Yahweh Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Also check out Adam at adam a weber on instagram that's where he's at mainly um, and then he also has a podcast called the conversation but we'll be make sure to have all those links below down in the description
0: yes and thank you to Trey ministries absolutely for letting us use their studio they are amazing if you're a young adult in the sioux falls area come to trey hit us up we're at trey all the time
1: mm-hmm. so yes yeah we'll also have trade ministries links down below but that's been it see you next time guys God bless